This is the Make America Grape Again podcast, produced and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona Wine Monk. In this podcast, we explore wines from all 50 states in the United States of America. Before we begin this episode, I want to comment that I am sorry about the jumpy audio quality. Audacity kept freezing up while recording this. I managed to salvage as much of the audio as I could. So bear with me, I'm sorry. Future episodes will be recorded using a different audio program. This is one of a few episodes who got affected while we were batch recording. Those responsible for this issue have been sacked. Now, onward. Hello, welcome to the next episode of Make America Grape Again. Uh, I'm Cody. And I'm not. Today, our focus is Virginia, and we have the 2016... Viennier from Horton Vineyards, Orange County, which is in the Monticello AVA. Now, Monticello, for those who really know, is one of the the more historical sites for for vineyard production, obviously because Thomas Jefferson was a huge uh, vinophile, and Francophile for that matter. Um, One of the first, other first vineyards was actually in that area, sponsored basically by Thomas Jefferson, who provided financial support to this Italian guy, uh, Philip Mazzei, who made a small quantity of wine from various native varietals to the area, not much success. Planted in 1774, and the whole thing was ruined when Mazzei rented his home to a Hessian cavalry officer who uh, moved his entire staff at home and turned their horses out to pasture in the infant vineyards. So, oops... Um, Viognier is actually the state grape of Virginia, so I was, I was really excited about this wine to see uh, what all the hoopla was, simply because we have a lot of Viognier here in Arizona, and it's also very, very hyped out here. I wanted to see how they would compare. Uh, so the Monticello AVA was established in 1984. Of course, it's in Virginia. Growing season there is 211 days. Lots of humid, subtropical, and maritime climate in the highlands. The total area of the AVA as a whole is 800,000 acres, which is big, big, especially compared to Arizona. Uh, it includes most of Albemarle, Green, Orange, and Nelson counties. It's nested along the eastern slopes of the Blue Ridge Mountains and also encompasses the small ridge known as the Southwest Mountains. Apparently 30 varietals of grapes grown in this AVA. We're going to be visiting other wines from this AVA at later dates. But I will say, off the bat, that this Viognier, for being hyped as the state grape of Virginia, was disappointing to both of us. Yeah, it's, it doesn't have a lot going on on the nose. It doesn't have a lot going on on the palate. It's back-sweetened and lackluster, which is disappointing, because I know East Coast wines pretty well. I used to make wine out there, and I know they can be so much better than this. Uh, now, Viognier does have that really interesting history of almost going extinct in its homeland, well, really, as a whole, in their, own vi- in their own valley, specifically Northern Rhone. It also has some fun names, uh, or some fun legends associated with that name, specifically that it may have come from the pronunciation in Latin of Via Gehenna, the road of the valley to hell, apparently because this grape is supposedly very difficult to cultivate, which also, if that... Uh, grape is so difficult to cultivate. It makes me wonder why they're growing in such a moist area where certain viticultural diseases are going to be much more prevalent than they are out here, like powdery and downy mildew and the like. 
but I don't know anything about farming Viognier. Gary, what, what do you know about farming Viognier? Not too terribly much. I don't have a ton of experience with it, even though I do farm about 500 vines of it at Four Tails. Um, it's been pretty easy for us out there. Uh, you just gotta watch the vigor. That's about it. Hmm. But apparently this grape is almost extinct by 1965, and then there was a very concentrated effort uh, to revitalize it. And part of that effort, apparently, was uh, planting it in a lot of places here in the U.S., including Virginia. Became, like I said, the state grape for Virginia. On the nose, again, as we commented, it's fairly lackluster. It does have some of that floral and apricot character that I associate with uh, Viognier as a whole. It also does have, as you commented, that sort of a terroir of... Uh, a cheese, uh, a cheesy smell associated with wet vineyards and wet uh, landscapes. But here's the thing, you know, we, we debated recording this because we, we weren't impressed with it, but the thing is, not every wine is great. Not everyone has the same palates we do. Uh, and we've both had more exciting viognets, but uh, I can say for, for my sake, I've definitely had a worse viognet. Certainly. But I will say that if this is the... And it may not be the pinnacle example of Virginia Viognier. I literally picked this up in their main grocery store, and I can't remember the name of it, because I didn't get time when I was visiting my uh, friends in the East Coast for second Christmas, or real Christmas, so to speak, on January 7th. Uh, I didn't get a chance to visit any tasting rooms and, and taste anything for myself. I was going blind into the grocery store, and that's uh, something else that we're going to be doing in this course of this podcast is... We will be going blind in some of these because we don't know what they taste. You know, for the Deep South, we're going to be flying blind. We'll just have to pick up what we can. Yep. Uh, so we might well have some stinkers. We probably won't have the best of any given tour, but that's okay because this blind, and no, okay, this is not from the Rhone. This is not from Arizona. This is not from California. Taste other Virginia Viennese to see how they compare. Because clearly, if this is the state grape of Virginia, there must be fantastic examples out there. This is just not one of them. There are other states going in blind. If anyone has any particular ideas, we are willing to trade. Potentially. We can make something work. I would say, what, 2% residual sugar? 1%? I don't know. I'm terrible at guessing that. But it's got some. I mean, it's not wise. Like, is that residual sugar or is that just super fruity? No, that's residual sugar. I went back and forth on that. Well, anyway. Yeah, I think that's about all I've got to say on it. Um, future wines that we may be looking at from the CVA. Uh, I got a beau, uh, a petite man saying, um, another bottle of some Verdot because I love petite Verdot. And I think that that's a... Oh, I also got a Cab Franc. Looking at a lot in this podcast over the course, because it is planted. Because I know for a fact it's planted in more states, probably, than any other grape varietal in the U.S. I know, for example, that there is a vineyard in the Dakotas that has Cab Franc. But it's probably the most cold-tolerant Bordeaux varietal. But on that note... Uh, but on that note... Let's make America grape again. This was an episode of the Make America Grape Again podcast, sponsored, produced, and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona Wine Monk. You can reach us at makeamericagrapepodcast at gmail.com 
on Instagram at, at theazwinemonk or on Twitter at cvburkett. Be sure to also check out our website, makeamericagrapeagainpodcast.com. I'm Gary. You can find me on Instagram at greaterthanwines, on Facebook at facebook.com slash greaterthanwines, and by email at greaterthanwines at gmail.com.